Hey, welcome back everyone to the Reflex Blue Show. I'm your host, Donovan Beer, and I'm with Carl Gerhardt's. Gerhardt's. Gerhardt's, yes. Pepsi. Yes, nice to be here with you. Yeah, we're here We're here at How Design Live, and, and I mean, it's, it's, did you put in the waiver, or your writer, I'm sure you got a big writer when you, when you sign up to speak and bring in your team, like, no Coke in the convention center, because this place is huge. Uh, you know, I, I made sure it was converted to a Pepsi pour before I came, and it's been impressive. Every single place is, is Pepsi. So. Which is amazing at the size <laughs> of this place, but I know you guys got power. I get it. Yeah. No, it's, it. it's it's nice to be in Pepsi land, for sure. Yeah, the hotel is showing up with the right brands. Yeah, and it's, but we're kind of, you know, Nashville, I was like, we're, we're starting to get south, and I know that's where it starts to become less Pepsi. It does. It does for sure. And actually, I went to school in Savannah, Georgia, so I, I, uh, I know, I know what they call soda in that place. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Carl, I saw your presentation last night, and and I guess the big thing you you guys are doing is is, and you've already, it's, I've already saw it online beforehand. Pepsi, Pepsi's getting a rebrand. Yeah. Well, we like to call it the next generation. So trying to stay away from the the re rebrand redesign re whatever it's it's really about helping the brand move forward, and it's kind of always been that way for our history. So we we try to think about it in in chunks, right? Culture moves forward. You don't hear it, you know. You don't hear it reculture, retrend, re whatever. It's it's moving forward. I liked how you worded that that it's next generation because I was like because because the other the other major player in your industry, I mean they they also revamp. But it's they keep a lot more based on the same. It's a lot more similar. There's less mm-hmm. less changes. So, but it is it is. I was like, no, that is kind of what they've always been. It's it's true to your tagline. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we actually haven't had that tagline for a while, but it still sticks for people. And so for us as an organization, it helps us get behind it. You know, people feel like there's something big happening. Uh, Re feels like you did something wrong sometimes. That's fair. When, when, now, when did you guys actually announce the uh, that Pepsi was getting a new look, and 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 it was done internally, right? Yeah, primarily internally, and and I think the presentation I gave yesterday was kind of trying to show that it's been this journey over ten years, and multiple design leaders and teams, and global teams inputting through campaigns, and the ideas that we came to really came to us from the, those work streams. You know, we, we work we work with a wide network of partners, of course, it's a big brand, but the work primarily, the things that you saw and uh, definitely came definitely came from like our thought space and, and our, our work. We've got a big team internally working on it as well. And we announced it, I forget the date now, but I believe in, in April was, was really the announcement of it. And, um, you know, there's, it was a critical moment to start telling people it was coming. It'll actually be on shelves in September. Oh wow! So yeah, I mean, there's there's a lead time, and but but even though you say it's going to be on shelves, the old how long did it take for when 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 the last generation yeah. came out? Did it take for that one to completely roll out and and for the older stuff to disappear? I guarantee you, right now, if you went and looked at all the trucks in our entire country and the entire world, you'll find three four generations of the Pepsi Visual Identity System. These things stay around for a very long time. We're expecting about at least a three-year rollout, uh, especially around the world. We're going to convert packaging first, which is the quickest turning, fastest thing that we can do. And then it's more permanent signage and our fleet equipment and things like that. We're also trying to do it in a smart way. We don't want to necessarily force obsolescence on things that are still functioning and working. You know, we're trying to go about it in a way where we're not adding a lot of waste into the world when we do it. So it's going to take some time, but it'll get out there. And I think the, the nice part is the logo itself has some familiarity to it for people. 
So I, we don't risk confusion with this kind of mixed look in the market for a while while we get where we want to be. Yeah, I don't think anyone that sees it is going to not understand that it's the same brand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's it gives us a little grace. Yeah, and the other thing that's I think the most impressive of it is any brand that changes now, it's a, it's a deal. Like social media, everything. And this one didn't have the negative blowback that is common yeah. in, in that. And, and I don't know if, if you guys like focus tested that ahead of time or, or do you even prepare like how much negative feedback can we take before we trash it all? You know, I think when we're going to publicly announce something like that, we're pretty sure of the decision that we've made and it would take it would take quite a bit to walk back. And I think PepsiCo has been pretty, pretty consistent about this. When we make a big change, we, we tend to stick with it. And we did a lot of internal testing. We did a lot of consumer testing. I hate the word consumer, but we did a lot of human testing where we were working with them to kind of hear their opinions through the process. We tested it around the whole world. So, I mean, we've got information from many different markets that also have different memories and understandings of the Pepsi brand. We even tested it in markets that had never had a logo that looked like the past where they've never even been exposed to that. And it's still performed oh, with, sure. with positive results. And so I think the more people we talked to about it, the more people showed us that it was really the right thing to do. And so we had a lot of confidence when we went into it. I mean, like you always worry. You never know. The internet is a, a viral beast that can sometimes what? attack you. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I, we were, I think it gave us a lot of pride. It gave us a lot of pride that we did the right thing. And we're... Our design team is representing 100,000 PepsiCo employees who, in some cases, like I've met people in my seven years through PepsiCo that are third, fourth generation bottlers or frontline employees. Their, their whole family's wealth and circumstance is based on their relationship with the PepsiCo, uh, PepsiCo you know, like corporation, and they're proud of it. And that makes me feel really, really good because they see it as something that represents them. So Yeah, I didn't realize. I didn't... I knew, I knew they were a large company. I did not realize it was 100,000 employees. Yeah, we've got wild scale, wild scale. So actually in the United States, we have the second largest fleet of trucks behind only the U.S. Postal Service. There is a just a massive network of PepsiCo employees that are making and delivering our products to stores, getting them in shelves, helping to move them and make sure that they're available for people who love them. Yeah, and you said there are... There were 300 SKUs in the U.S. Yeah. for just Pepsi. For just Pepsi, and and I mean the variations of Pepsi, but not yeah. not the other not the other beverages or other items, just Pepsi. Yeah, so it's Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, Pepsi Zero Sugar, our flavors portfolio. We have Nitro Pepsi, and there's also some other other pieces. A lot of it comes in the different sizes we offer it in. So there's a right. lot of different you know variables to that. And uh, yeah, it gets to three hundred real fast. And then, and then worldwide, you said it gets even. It's close to two thousand worldwide, and and honestly, there's not like one database. That's kind of me working with all the different regions, and hey, we've got about this many, we've got about this many. The crazy thing was, even when we went to go redesign this, nobody could give us an active SKU list. They weren't quite even sure how what they made and what they didn't make anymore, because we're kind of taking products on and offline depending on where there's need in the marketplace. And I'm so, assuming with COVID, a lot of things, I know a lot of companies just scaled back on the lesser selling things and maybe ramped them back and maybe didn't afterwards. For sure. And we're always doing some of that kind of efficiency stuff too, of like what's selling the best for us, what's the most popular, can we, can we you know, reduce waste, I think is a big part of what we're trying to do as a business. And, and you know, it helps us, it helps the world, it's good. 
So were you guys? Did you guys also do the the Starry rebrand in house that that just came out like a year ago or something? Where they where they redid CRMS to Starry and so Starry brand was run by one of my colleagues in our in our North America design team. Um, I just I, wonder if that was like a test run. You're like, what, what what does it take? Like we forgot what it takes to redo a whole soda line. What if we do that because there's only like one there's only like ten SKUs. You Rather know, than jump to the 300. We're always working on these things. So I've now been at PepsiCo for seven years. And um, when I came in, my first project was with the Pepsi Lipton Partnership. And actually, I redesigned the Pure Leaf brand and the Brisk Iced Tea brand, both of which were billion-dollar brands. But actually, within PepsiCo, those are relatively small brands. We redesigned those two. At that same time, our hydration team was coming out with a brand called Bubbly, a brand called LifeWater, two brands they were creating from the ground up. That are now in multi-year, you know, they're in year, yeah, we, year we five. Yeah, we drink a lot of bubbly. Yeah, so I, we're always creating and looking at our brands and reevaluating them. I, I did Mountain Dew for a number of years, and I, I think we're going to talk about that a little more later. But like, even though we didn't redesign it, we also reimagined our entire flavor portfolio with a big idea that's kind of the same as almost a redesign, but like it's for part of it. Ran Rockstar, I ran Mountain Dew Energy, and those were also redesigns of big brands or new brands that we were bringing to the market. So it's just, it's part of what we do. So Starry is like one of many that I think we're really proud this team has created. I'll say just our North America team, we were six designers seven years ago. We're now 60 in in PepsiCo. And so like the business has seen our value and like the amount of work that we've done has grown and our influence has grown because we're doing we're doing work that we're really proud of that the company's proud of. No, I think I think the Pepsi I was I was actually shocked that it was done in house. And not that I don't think there's great in-house teams, but but usually something that large they they outsource the majority of it. And so the fact that you insource the majority of it in and at that quality level like and acceptance level is great. Yeah. Well, I mean, you kind of have to be that close to it to have the ownership of it, to bring it around, to roadshow it, to get the approvals from the people. They kind of need to know that you're in it with them. And actually, I feel like for a company like PepsiCo, if you had just an agency lead that and the agency's pitching the business, I don't think it would be taken as seriously. And so I think actually it was one of the big unlocks for us was this was something we did with outside help on certain parts of it. But they were at specific moments when we needed to hit a certain meeting or we had a problem within the bigger framework where we needed to go solve something. And we still worked with lettering artists. We still worked with illustrators. We still worked with some brand designers. But it wasn't like, hey, here's the one person who's doing the whole thing for us. And that's what brought me to PepsiCo. I was I was actually an agency guy. So, I mean, I was at Sterling Brands and Interbrand and Landor and... I was that guy on the outside and I came here to make things because I wanted to be able to speak to the people who were making the decisions and kind of not have it through a scope of work or a a, a second agenda. Sure. Well, we're going to be right back with Carl. Carl, you are, you are right. I mean, longtime listeners of the show will know that this show is like based on Mountain Dew. Like, okay. like we is it? I, I, I there's I don't, a lot I don't of like when we did the B yeah. Design Cast, we 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 always talked about when there were new flavors of Mountain Dew because yeah. that was back at the time 2005 when we started. Okay, that's when they started kicking more than yeah. there was there were more flavors. Yeah, of decision and I don't know if we did that, but I think I know we did the uh, you, you did the the aluminum cans with the artwork mm-hmm. on them. We talked about those one great, time. Great, 
ran into those at gas stations was like what and then we've even had like some taste tests on the show i think there might still be a stain on the carpet from uh one of the flavors but okay. that has nothing to do okay. with with the design of it okay and it was just one one you know one of them but favorite brand in my career i've ever worked on it's extreme and we always talked about Love the it. extremeness Love so it. what is it like working on a brand that literally like is supposed to be extreme and is supposed to change like every it feels like it's supposed to change like on a weekly basis. I know it's a little bit less than that or more than that, but. The people who work on it have to actually kind of counterbalance our corporate structure and, and our corporateness. We're, we're a conservative company in many, many ways, culturally. And it does a lot of good things for us. But for a brand like Mountain Dew, that's more about irreverence and rebellion and, and, and these things. I'm trying to give confidence to those more conventional minded folks that's hard that's hard so it's like it's actually it's super fun because you get to be very very creative but then you also have to put on your business hat and go try to sell that crazy creative idea to try to convince why we should go to this character design and this world of characters for all of our flavors to executives who probably think that's for cartoons and is for kids yeah like the really, major, really like the major melon and which 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 that one i enjoy and then the the pineapple one that was Dollar General only specific, but yeah. I think it might be that somewhere Maui else. Burst. Maui yeah, Burst. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I think I got a couple of those in the fridge. Yeah. But but the other ones, I, I'm going to hit miss to me personally, like okay. flavor-wise. But, okay. But I, I go through and I see like the ginger snapped and I'm like, that's some cool packaging, but I don't know if I, I don't, I don't think I'm ready for that. You know, the hard thing is some of the flavor innovations they wanted to do. I didn't necessarily love the flavors myself, but they were really interesting visual stories to tell. Because you could just, okay, I could have just like made this look like generic holiday, but why? Why? It's Mountain Dew. We're not supposed to do anything conventional. So it's most most creative brand I've ever worked on. Really, really loved it. No, I mean, every time I got a new flavor, especially now, when you say character, I, I always stop like, what? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, from in my career, just like... I watched the Dude Discord. I watched the Dude Reddit when like the leaks would happen and people would go nuts over this and start coming up with names for the characters and backstories. And oh, talk really? About this. There's a lot of online dialogue about it when our products leak. And um, for me as a designer, the observation of that was so, so cool. Just to like, I never engaged in the conversation because like you don't want to influence it. But right. Just like watching it was cool. And sometimes you're like, I don't need to roll in the mud. Like, that's a different... That could go in a bad direction. It could be fine. Yeah. But who knows? Yep. Yep. How long did you get to work on that on that brand? Uh, Mountain Dew I was on for three years. Three years. And came in and we had a little bit more of a turnaround story happening at that time. The brand had kind of been in decline for a while. It was in this weird place where it had been positioned almost as the first energy drink and then energy drinks had become so popular that Mountain Dew didn't really fit that role. No, it, it, yeah, it used to be known as the high caffeine, but now it's... Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the things that we had as symbols of rebellion for us had become very mainstream. So like street art was being auctioned off and, and like major art things. Skateboarding had become an Olympic sport and was like totally okay and official. And, and so like the things we stood for didn't necessarily have the same level of rebellion. So we went through kind of a, a brand repositioning at that time. We brought zero sugar in because we'd only had diet for a long time. And flavors just became this huge emphasis because we wanted to bring the next generation into the brand. And, and so like that was that was the three year journey. And we got to like a really good place where the brand was kind of back on trajectory. I helped launch Hard Mountain Dew, which was a really cool project in my career. 
we, we did do some drinking in a lot of episodes, especially at night, but we did not we did not taste test those. Okay, all right. Tastes like Mountain Dew. Yeah, well, I think we started recording the show during the day is the problem. There so, you go. Yeah, there you it go. kind of ruined a lot of it. We used to start at night, and then you're like, hey, let's record this thing at like 2 o'clock, and you're like, oh, no, we're just going to Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's wildly popular, though. Maybe people love it, love it, yeah. love it. States it's in, I think it's doing more numbers than Coors Light, I've been told, anecdotally. Oh, geez, how many states is it? I think we're up to like 20 states, I want to say, because we've got a there's, a, there's a distribution company called Blue Cloud Distribution, and they're getting liquor licenses in state by state because they're a new entity. So, oh, so they have to, they, they have to build this business up. Yeah, so it's it's state by state, and every state has their own process. And, and Nebraska's not first on the list. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, they might be. They, I think I might have seen it. They've got okay. their, their social media account like pretty much is dedicated to announcing when they have new states. So, <laughs> like, yeah, hey, Tennessee, we're here. I'm pretty sure they're sold in Tennessee. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. We'll, we'll see if we can hunt some down later. Yeah. All right, we're going to be right back. So, other than the presentation, I see you guys got the full booth down there in yep. the trade show, and you're, you're giving out, you're printing T-shirts. So, is, is it, I mean, is the idea is to, to print enough shirts for everyone in America, like one at a time? Yes, of course, always. We got this really interesting insight. It was part of my presentation. While we were presenting the visual identity system, we tried to show it on a lot of different touch points. We showed advertising and trucks, and we actually showed T-shirts and apparel and things. And we got this this exciting stat, like 89% of people said that they would love to wear the new logo. And this was up from a much, much lower number. And so we go, okay, this is a big opportunity for the brand. Like you can kind of transcend beyond just being this this taste and refreshment brand. And it, it fits with our pop culture kind of vibe. We want we definitely want this to be something where people can wear the brand that they love, where they can show their their love of of Pepsi and their fandom through a lot of really cool stuff that's not just merch that you would pick up at a place. So let this be a test kitchen for it. We've done a lot of cool collabs with fashion designers in the past and we're planning to do a lot more. Um, I'll say the new identity once we announced it has led to a lot of interesting conversations. Nothing to announce yet, but sure, cool stuff in the works. And uh, yeah, I hope everybody will have access to it for sure. Yeah, and as far as the exhibit hall goes, there was a line because was a you, line. Were, you were screen printing. You were screen printing, and it wasn't just one shirt. Like they've yep. they've done they've done where they screen print shirts at this many many times, but but this one was like you showed up and there were there were like. 12 screens or something. Yep, yep. We've got eight different designs, tote bags, t-shirts, and a lot of them are custom art for this event. I think part of this is we want people to feel excited about it. Start with the design community. This is an influencer community. We love the idea of attracting talent to PepsiCo too. And if they see us as a cool brand because of the stuff that we're doing here, great. We want to hear from you. Send us your portfolio. We're growing the team all the time. And um I think we need to we need to show up in the design community and kind of show our culture and our energy and the way we want to be and that's that's a big part of what we are. I think the other thing you did was it, after the shirts were printed, I noticed nobody was you know usually they come and they give you a hanger and you got to carry it around and hope you not to smudge it. You guys had professional shirt dryers there. Yeah, and yep. it came out. They're like it's about forty five seconds, and the shirt comes out and it's just completely dried and cured or whatever whatever the terminology is. And I was like, man, they're gonna make. Everyone who prints shirts from now on has a high bar to follow just with that. You know, we found this great partner in Nashville that does this for events and parties. And they, they kind of did this really custom event for us. And they've got a lot of it figured out where they, they, help, they, help, they helped us with the path to like how you pick your design, the screening, making sure it's not a mess and getting on your clothes. 
and drying, you know, it's a full experience. And I think that as designers, we always think that way, right? Like you have to think through the full path to purchase. Yes. Yeah. And, and that was well handled. They were, they, they were, they were even like, they get in the screen ready and they're like, you want to help pull? And I'm like, no. And she's like, really? That's part of the fun. I said, I will blow out your screen with one pull. Like I've screen printed before. <laughs> I've, I've done, we've done, I've done some posters over the years and it is not a skill I possess. It's, it's, I pull it. I'm like, your screen will be destroyed for the rest of the day. There so. you go. Come back on day three when maybe we'll let people mess around a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah. You're like, the screens are getting, are getting thrown you out. You guys want to like, do yeah. some crazy overprints? Like, you want to mix colors? Like, hey, come on. Let's, we're on the last day. Yeah, I think, I think that could be fun. Yeah. Although they're, they're creatives. They may, they may give a Pepsi look you don't want. Who knows? You know what? It's, it's okay. It's about expression. And this actually was inspired by an event we did for our own team. So I mentioned we were like up to 60 people now. So we get together once a year at least and we do this. Uh, How many this, offices is, is it? The uh, LA, Chicago, and New York. So there's, there's three offices for those teams. And then there are also some regional designers in some of the smaller marketing offices. Okay. So a little, a little spread. But we come together and we, we, we call it a camp. And we do, you know, things where we bond and things where we learn. And one of the things we did was we went and did live screen printing. And it was just one of the coolest experiences for the team. Some had done it, some hadn't done it. But then we started experimenting. And the cool thing was each one of the brand leads prepped artwork for their brand. So we had Gatorade and we had Pepsi and we had Dew. We had our hydration brands with Life Water. And so people were like mixing and matching. And they were doing overprints with this and that. And they, it was really, really fun. And, and I think it just... It represents our culture. And like I said, it's why we had the idea to bring it here because we want other people to kind of see the fun that we have. No, that's that, that sounds great. But it's once a year guys get together. Yep. I think we might try to do it more soon. It's been, it, it goes really well for us. It helps us stay connected. It, it helps us like start to see just there's, there's this feeling of power and being this collective, even though you work on your brand and your team. Like it actually, it's kind of like what, I, we just got done listening to Pentagram talk about their 50 years with Debbie Millman. And they were kind of talking about this mix of being your own team and your part and your, your partners, but then you're working together as a collective somehow, or you have access to that and the environment it creates. Our team is kind of coming along in a similar way. Yeah, because how many, how many uh, brands does, does Pepsi run right now? Well, so, I mean, we're a big, big kind of corporation. Oh, yeah. We've got we've got beverage, we've got snack, there's North America, there's global, we've got a nutrition business as well that has Quaker Oats, and, and then there's a number of joint ventures and things as well. Like we do Starbucks Ready to Drink, we do tea brands with Unilever, we even do Sabra Hummus as one of our joint ventures. Oh. So, like, there's actually a, a lot. What now, Mountain Dew do I pair with this? Mountain Dew paired with hummus. What flavor? Hmm, depends on which hummus, I guess. Uh, I would pair it with the spicy hummus. There's there's like a like a red chili one that's okay. good because it's, citrus goes nice with with heat. Any like any, any Mountain like Dew, this, any yeah. Mountain Dew. My personal favorite is Mountain Dew Livewire. You can't get it everywhere. It's a little, oh, the little limited. Too. Love Mountain Dew Livewire. It's been one of my favorites since it came out in the summer of my youth. Yeah, there's a flavor from like when I think when they first did like the initial three flavors or whatever. My wife still misses it. She just wants like one can. She's like, I don't want more than that because she doesn't want to get, you know, rehooked okay. on Mountain Dew or whatever. But she's like, if you ever see that, I want a can. Just a, just a reminder of that that past memory. Yeah, we've been we've been bringing back a couple of them. They did a limited run of Typhoon recently that was like a direct, uh, direct online purchase kind of thing. 
been a lot of fun kind of, you know, bringing, bringing stuff back. The summer flavor right now, though, is great. I, I, didn't, I didn't work on this one, but there's a popsicle flavored one oh, uh, right now for yet. summer. And it's like, a, it's like a red, white, and blue popsicle, and it just tastes amazing. Oh, I haven't, yeah, I haven't, that has not hit the, the store the last time I was there, so. Yeah, keep an eye out, keep an eye out. Okay, because it's going to, well, by the time this drops, it's summer, but. <laughs> okay. Technically, we're a couple weeks away from summer, right? It should be out for most of summer. Okay. Should no, be I mean, out for but most I mean, of summer. Te- the technical summers and starts. In oh, the true, yeah, true, yeah. So, I don't know, how, how long in advance does it take to plan that? Like obviously, yeah. obviously the uh, the Pepsi rebrand. Yeah, you've been working on for like a year. But like, if you said, "Hey, we want to add a new flavor of Mountain Dew for the summer," like, how far in advance do they do they start on the design and or the flavor? So for any kind of we call them um, break in innovations, which means that they're kind of coming to market within about a year to eighteen months. We've kind of have a whole pipeline for that. So yeah. there's there's always a lot of flavors in testing, and we're kind of evaluating which one might be the best candidates. As that goes along, we're also working on designs in parallel, and they kind of go through a lot of our different like customer meetings and sales meetings, kind of getting them which one's going to be successful for us. But yeah, it takes I would say for a flavor like that about a year, about a year, maybe up to eighteen months. And what's the focus group age? Well, focus groups for anything pretty wide ranging on brands. It depends on the brand. You have well, different demographics. Mean, like, like, is a Mountain Dew a younger a younger focus group than like overall Pepsi or? It does tend to be a little more focused, and then it also depends. Like we have different we have different cohorts that we think might like certain beverages more than others. So a lot of our flavors we actually find are more youth forward. People want to try new things. They like the novelty of a new experience where some of our more core products do tend to go a little bit older or something you're familiar with, you're used to, it's a little more part of your repertoire. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, one last question. Sure. So the, the pep, what, what is the Pepsi design team's name? Do you guys have a so division name? So we go by the PepsiCo Design and Innovation Center. Okay. And, and is there a place people can go to follow that rather than just overall there's a dedicated instagram that you can go check out Uh, we post work from all around the world so you'll see new flavors and special edition packs from all over the place there's a lot of really great work there and then we also do have a website that captures some of our best case studies on there you'll find we do these annual books every year that we actually post as pdfs online that capture the best work from from that year from around the world as well and i think we've just just recently released our, our latest. And then coming up, we have our 10-year anniversary book. So I, I think that's going to be going online real soon. Oh, wow. What did they do before that? They, did they outsource everything before that or just have like three designers? There was always kind of like a commercial design component where they were like managing mechanicals and kind of like final artwork and sure. print specs and stuff like that. But really, yeah, it was all outsourced prior to that. So uh, Mauro Porcini was hired 10 years ago to be the chief design officer. He brought in a small team with him. And since then, we've kind of grown by building this network of co-conspirators around the company who really like see the value in what we do. They want to do something. And so we've done it by building. Now we have 17 offices around the world. I have close to 300 designers total. It's, it's, um, it's been a fun place for the last seven years to kind of see grow and be part of that. Great. Well, Carl, it's been a pleasure. I hope you get to see something else at this conference or... You get to hang around and see something in Nashville other than this giant, giant complex. I'd like to thank How Design Live. I mean, it's huge. It's massive. It's massive. I've gotten lost three times just coming to this interview. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Carl. Thank you. 
The Reflex Blue Show with Donovan Murray is hosted at 36point.com. Music by Dust Lab. So is that Pepsi logo actually? Is that is that Reflex Blue? Yeah, yeah. So the, our uh, our new version has Reflex Blue in the globe, the the lower the lower part of it. And it's it's a really vibrant blue. So I saw the name of the podcast and I was like, yeah. you know what? We're we're family. Yeah, we're family. that's that's awesome. I love to hear that. We we actually had um, when 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 we did the Be a Design Cast, we did a. We we're doing like a quick five questions that we'd ask everyone that we'd we yeah. always have right and wrong answers. Like we'd always tell them they were wrong. We'd have right answers to it. You know, things like how much black is in your wardrobe and, and it should be a hundred percent if you're a designer, stuff like that. Oh, and so, <laughs> and then we have a judge say if their answer was correct. But either way, we're like we need a we need a lightning round question. And, uh, and Tom, who was who was also on the show, time was like we call it the reflex blue round. Oh wow! And we're like, yeah, that's pretty good. That's and great. Then, and then me and Nate liked it because at the time it was the color. It was one of the two colors of our alma mater. Okay. Oh wow. And I remember, I remember our one professor saying they used it because he's like, he's like, I think it's because it's cheap. They don't have to mix it, and, and it never dries or something. It never dries. So I was, I was a press assistant in college, undergrad. I went and I volunteered at this place. I was working on a Heidelberg four color Speedmaster, and the guy that was running the press man, he he paid me in printing. And so nice. I printed my business cards and I picked a two color job. I did Pantone black number six, which has a little blue in it. Nice. And then I picked reflex blue and it never dried. Every page was smudged. And he was like, you learned a valuable lesson, didn't you, Carl? And <laughs> I kind of want to like, I kind of want to call him and be like, you know what? I run Pepsi now and I picked reflex blue again. Yeah. Just to prove you wrong. Just to show it dries. Or you like everyone to hold your cans and have them Smurf hands when they're done. Yeah, we've got amazing printers. They they've they've got some great solves. We're, I'm we're a, looking forward. to I'm it. assuming printing on on aluminum is a lot different than printing on business cards. Yeah, so we've got aluminum. We've got you know we've got plastic labels. We've got shrink wrap. We've got paperboard. There's a lot of substrates. So color are, management is definitely a. Are thing. there different Pantone books for those different materials? In a like lot of cases, we're doing custom mixes. In a lot of cases, we're doing custom mixes. So actually, at the scale we're at, Pantone doesn't recommend doing Pantone colors. They actually, recommend more custom mixes. And so yeah, we we work on color standards that all our printers around the world can hit and. Not everybody can hit the same one, so we have to take that into account. There's hundreds of printers printing Pepsi. Yeah, you can't. I mean, and it is worldwide, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Because you you don't want to print things and ship. Exactly, and they can't hit this, and they can't do that, and this cherry only looks good in the U.S. And yeah, so we're we're always kind of aware of that. Uh, well, what's the red? If if the blues if the blues the reflex reflex blue, what's the red? So there's not actually a Pantone call out for the red. Yeah, it's a custom red. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. And is it is it straight black? Because you said you're moving more towards black as your as your primary. It is. It is straight black. If we mix anything else in it, it can actually add quite a bit of complexity. It can add material that we don't necessarily need. And so you probably don't trust a hundred printers to add the same amount. Probably of... not. No. I but like even even when we're choosing things like that, thinking about how they make the ink, what's the mix? Like we try to think about that because we don't necessarily want to add more material to the world. If you know, straight black looks great, and the way that we print it comes out really nice. Yeah, right. Yeah. 